0: So there's all these knobs we can tinker and test with. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think they need to be super strict on fasting, super strict on the diet, super strict on all this. It's like, you know, you can dial one really down and then you can have more kind of practice the 80-20 principle in some of the other diets.
1: Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's guest is Mike Mutzel, Metabolic Mike. I have so looked forward to getting him on the podcast. So Mike is a clinical nutritionist a speaker, a functional medicine consultant in the natural product industry. He's an author. He's a rad podcast host to one of my personal favorite health podcasts out there, High Intensity Health, and I am not the only one. It is the shit. He's a daddy and an overall highly knowledgeable, very passionate human that pumps out valuable content, evidence-based content to support the optimization of your health and well-being in life. So, you know, like I said, I've been a fan of his podcast. He's an absolute wealth of knowledge, you guys, when it comes to nutrition, metabolism, fasting, I mean, training. He used to he was deep into bodybuilding and lifting and he's just got such a incredible bank of overall health knowledge mindfulness included so you know having him on the show really it was like there's so many places I want to go with him but with covid-19 being you know the kind of hot topic right now it's it's really where I wanted to to focus so you know he's one of the experts that I trust so much because like I said he shares evidence-based medicine from doing deep non-biased research in addition to obtaining a lot of valuable information from his own health journey, he's got a really cool backstory. So in this episode, Mike and I are fired up in quarantine, and we talk about a lot of important subjects related to health and immunity while facing COVID nineteen, such as navigating around the news and the facts with COVID nineteen. Who is most at risk for this disease? How lifestyle, nutrition, movement, sleep, et cetera, affects your immunity. You know, is waiting for a vaccine the best approach to living with this virus? I don't know. Ways we can strengthen our immune system through hormesis and why these methods should be a bigger part of the conversation right now. How to build resilience and why it is so important to do so for your health and for your life. Mike's health and fitness journey, like some of his backstory, Why and how your mindset is so important for optimizing health and really for accomplishing anything great that you desire in your life. How to make gains and leverage, you know, scenarios that, you know, we're facing right now in this quarantine to make advancements in very important aspects of your life, certain areas of your life that matter to you. We discussed the anti-inflammatory diet. What is it? Why is it so supportive to having a strong immune system. We talk about fasting, meal timing, who is it best for and why, and so much more. You know, it's like I said, there are so many places. um, It's almost overwhelming. Like, where do I want to go? You know, imagine like you only have five minutes to go into your favorite store ever and grab your, whatever things you need. It's like, ah, but you know, again, you know, Mike's an incredible follow on Instagram. You know he he really he's just passionate and he and he and he he isn't he he keeps an open mind he does the research, and i just I really wanted to you know highlight where is he right now, like what's really ticking him right now where what's what is he feeling most passionate about discussing you know during this period? you know it's a moment in history, so you know I really do value you know his perspectives, his ideas and his thought process, like how he, you know, delivers, he backs his shit up with evidence, you know, and that's important to me. And it's always, you know, the kind of people that I want to have on the podcast here, because I want you guys to have, you know, to learn from the best and to learn from people who, you know, are are really keeping an open mind when they are, you know, looking into facts and sharing information,s especially around health, you know, I want to keep it real all the time. That's how I do. So, you know, I look forward to having him back on the podcast for you guys um, at another time when we can take deeper dives into specific areas that Mike is so well-versed in and passionate about, like fasting is a huge one. But for now, I know you guys will appreciate this talk because it's so relevant to all of us in this current state. So, I highly recommend tuning into his podcast, High Intensity Health. It's in the show notes. You know, follow him on Instagram. He's an incredible host and brings on incredible guests that I know you will enjoy geeking out on. I certainly do. So, okay, time to hit play and enjoy my talk with Mike Mutzel. Enjoy you guys. Dude, Mike, thank you. First of all, you know, I know that you have a full Every day, you know, you're a, a daddy and a husband, and you know you've got a lot of things going on. So it means a lot for you to carve out time. And I want to say, you know, so I've been a fan of your podcast for a, a long time now. So cool. um, I know more about you than you know about me. But I'm stoked that we've been okay. able to connect through Instagram recently and and, and but. You know, you in my mind are you, you're like such an incredible wealth of knowledge when we think about health and lifestyle, you know, for supporting optimizing the optimization of health and longevity, right? So there's so many different avenues that I'm like, oh my God, I want to go everywhere with him. But, you know, in preparation for this conversation with you, you know, being that we are in this quarantine situation, COVID 19, and you know, really paying close attention to your posts as always, but just, you know, really paying attention to what's really moving you right now. What's inspiring you? What are you passionate about? Like what's triggering you and kind of wanting to start there. I feel like it might be, um, along the lines of diet and how the conversation in this whole COVID situation is not really pointing the masses and, you know, the direction of, hey, what are you eating? And you should be mindful of that kind of thing. So I'm going to let you just kind of kick us off with, sure, yeah, that. Nutrition.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, Roxanne, thanks for having me on. Great to connect with you on video and all that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, this is such an interesting time right now. And I feel like the narrative is all around, um, you know, vaccines and wash your hands and cover your mouth and Look, and I, I've been doing all that. I've been playing this game, um, but I think you know. To be honest with you, and I don't want to irritate, maybe lose some of your followers, but um, I, I really think the smoke doesn't match the fire when it comes to the mortalities from from this particular situation. So I don't want to go into the rabbit hole of that, but I've been kind of questioning the whole thing because where I live in Kirkland, Washington, the very first mortalities in the U.S., the very first cases were less than a mile from my house, and. Um, I have a pretty big network here locally. I have had a few clients that have been tested positive and got sick. Mm -hmm. They didn't even have to go to the hospital or ICU or anything. They were had a fever for a few days. So, you know, um, you know, 43,000 healthcare practitioners have been laid off or furloughed in the last few weeks. And it's like, all we're hearing is hospitals are overrun, but so it's just, to me, it's crazy. And so, you know, we're all talking about deaths. I mean, every day, CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, whatever, you name the major network, they're talking about today's gonna be a 9-11 equivalent in terms of the mortalities. Today's gonna be like Pearl Harbor. And it's like, okay, so everyone's focused on deaths. And then when you look at the COVID-19 deaths in proportion to other fatalities that kill a a lot of people every year, heart disease kills 679,000 people every year, diabetes kills 60,000 people, car wreck suicides. I mean, so anyway... I, I think this situation is serious. It's very transmissible. It's very violent. Uh, a lot of people. The incubation period is on between two and eleven days. So mm-hmm. you can be exposed and you don't get sick for up to eleven days, right? And so yeah. you can inadvertently harm other people. But uh, okay, th- uh, let's okay, that's serious. Let's think about that. But let's look at this in the context of other situ other diseases that are killing people in droves: cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer fatty liver disease. Okay. We still have soda machines in elementary schools, right? We still have McDonald's. The drive-thrus are still open right now. The gyms are closed. McDonald's is open. So I just, you know, I just feel like we're always, how, what is the best way? Um, delaying gratification, right? We, we always want that instant quick fix. Like I'm going to wash my hands and cover my face, but I'm going to drink Mountain Dew and have a cheese, you know, a French fries on my soda while I watch fear-based news. So I just wonder if we haven't, really kind of focused in on the, the, like, we're doing the social distancing thing, which is fine, you know, but I don't, I I just, I I sometimes questioned, you know, the ulterior motives here, and I was just kind of thinking about this, like, I've lost, interestingly, so many followers since I've been covering this story, because what I found is people are so polarized right now, because they're not, they have no outlets, you know, people used to go to the gym, they used to go to kickboxing class, used to go to jujitsu. now they're stuck at home, So the people are so reactive on social media, and I'm literally just like pointing out some things. I'm, I'm not a Democrat, Republican, I'm more of a libertarian. I'm just like saying how it is and people just hear things the wrong way. But if we think about the cigarette industry, okay, when this when the smoking industry was lying about the mortalities and the health consequences linked with smoking, their revenues were around 600 million per year, right? So again, 600 million is a drop in the bucket for like the drug industry or the vaccine industry, which is 24 billion dollars annually. So keep keep that in mind. The National Football League, right? Uh again, I played football in high school. I do like football, but I realize that you know, I'm kind of torn between watching it and not because these poor guys are literally getting head trauma, right? So the NFL continues to underplay and downplay the, the risk associated with chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. They generate around 8 billion dollars annually. Okay. The vaccine industry, and again, I'm not picking on vaccines. I've had vaccine. I got my daughter's son vaccines, not every single vaccine per schedule. They they make around total all in about $24 billion, right? So let's just say they make $1 off every vaccine sold and they sell $3 billion in vaccines due to this COVID-19. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but you can see how Potentially, there, there's multiple conflicts of interest with this entire thing. And I'm not saying that's why we've overestimated, you know, uh, the mortality and, and data. But again, last week we heard this disease is going to kill a million people. Well, maybe 200,000. Last Friday it was 100,000. Just last night, the IHME here in Seattle, Washington at University of Washington, as we get more data from New York and Louisiana and Seattle and California, we can adjust the models and the numbers keep dropping. And it looks as though total fatalities are going to, you know, kind of hit by August. They're saying as of yesterday, 60,000. So 60,000 sounds like a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but more than 60,000 people every year die of diabetes. Right. There 30,000 people die a year in their car, driving in their car, right? So yeah, yeah, we want to prevent deaths, right? But so I just, gosh, I just wonder if like, if we really are, if we really care about deaths and saving lives, mm-hmm. 679,000 people die every year from heart disease. So let's talk about sleep. Let's talk about circadian rhythms. Let's talk about stress. Let's talk about junk food, sugar. I mean, yeah. so I just, I wonder here what's going on. and Sorry to go on to that vaccine. No, thing, I, I love it. You, I think we all, like anytime I'm in a city, because I've been in sales my entire life, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I've been selling to people for mm-hmm. a long time. I, can, I look, look at people's eyes, see their nonverbal cues and their reactions. Mm-hmm. And I like to see where people are coming from when I'm being sold. If I'm buying a car, I know that sale that the, the, the car salesman gets a commission off what he sells me. So when he's trying to emphasize, hey, buy this car, buy this car, buy, okay, why? Like, tell me the backstory, right? So- If you look at people that have a really strong vested interest in promoting vaccines, people like Bill Gates, Mm -hmm. they're saying social distance, don't go to church. It's going to be 24 months before you, you know, go to a concert again. I mean, you're like, hmm, why, what is on the back end of him or other related people in, so I just, I I think, again, I'm not passing judgment. I'm saying we should all start to think critically about this and wonder what are people's motives? Mm -hmm. Why are they saying this? Because what if we all go out there and just circulate this thing around, and by the way, 80% of people that get infected with this novel human coronavirus get not much more than a cough and a little fever, right? So 80%, we focus so much on the deaths, but yeah. if you look at their survivability, uh, you know, 80% of people just have a little bit more than, than a fever. Uh, 20% of people that are infected might need supplemental oxygen. Of those 20% that you know, have a bad turn of events, 73% of those individuals have these diseases that we started this conversation with. Hypertension, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and diet-related diseases. So, again, I've been trying to hammer this point home that there could be a second wave of this. Uh, mm-hmm. COVID-19, this human coronavirus, there's, this is not going to be the last superbug in our lifetime probably that we're exposed to. For so, sure. Anyway, I'm, my, my whole thing is like, look, man, we, we got this is the time now to double down. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the New York Public, New York Department of Health has been publishing the mortality data every single day and I read it every night and they list comorbidities. It's the diet, lifestyle, preventable comorbidities that are causing people to, majority of people, like good things happen, I'm sorry, bad things happen to good people. Kobe Bryant, unfortunately, passed yeah. in a helicopter accident, right? Right. Um, so you hear the one-off mother of four got T-boned in an intersection, like mm-hmm. terrible things happen to good people. So there are some otherwise healthy people that get really Harmed by this, mm-hmm. but the overwhelming majority of people that are in the ICU on ventilators have diseases that are preventable. So if we are, uh, but there's been no conversation from the public about that. So it gets me yeah. fired up. I don't know.
1: No, I love it. I love it. I have to say so because I, I think it was yesterday I saw a post that you put up, and I actually was looking at the comments, and it's it's impressive, man. People really get triggered, and I love that you. So let me say this first of all. I love that you speak your mind. And I feel like I know where coming from. So for me, how I, how I absorb what you said is let's keep an open mind. Like let's not just become so fixed on what we're being told, right? Like critical thinking, right? Keep an open mind. And in addition to that, so don't let fear drive you. And above all, what are you doing? What can you be doing? to empower yourself in the ways of your lifestyle. So, you know, diet being huge, um, but beyond that, you know, you have sleep, you have movement, what are you doing? Because again, like you said, this isn't the last time. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're for sure gonna be facing things like this. So what are we gonna do every time? Just sit in here and hide and you're, and you're not, and I, I, I just, you know, to, I, I really wanna express this, that uh, I don't feel, that you're sitting here saying that, you know, there isn't some, like it isn't severe in some ways and that, you know, people aren't suffering um, health You're not saying anything like that. You're just simply saying, this is just how my brain, you know, is, is grabbing it. It's like, hey guys, just, let's just not believe every single thing. Um, especially pay attention to the fact that the majority of what is being um, dished to us is, is very fear-based, right? I don't watch the news. The thing is, is in truth, and I swear I don't mean this just as a compliment to you, but it's like, I only have so much time and energy to absorb information. I'm putting on your podcast instead of watching the news. Am I ignorant? I don't think I'm ignorant. I just think that I have, and you know, I'll kind of dip in and out of headlines and certain things, but I pay attention to the source and I also pay attention to the amount of of that stuff that i take in um because at this point in life i've really come to understand with media i mean they have their own fucking agenda and i'm not anti media but i'm sorry i just don't trust everything that I, and maybe this is the leader mindset where it's like nah you you know maybe some of this stuff is true and accurate um but i would say that most of it probably isn't and then it comes down to my ability to you know navigate through that. And just, you know, in the case of like COVID-19, I am someone who, I mean, my family were already kind of germ phobes. You know, I don't like to use that label, but meaning I, I don't like to shake hands. I'm more of a knuckle kind of girl. And, you know, as a makeup artist, it's like, you know, there's just certain things that, uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and like take in all your germs unless you're my person. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, but that being said, I, I say that because, you know, while that is the case and this whole situation is happening, you know, I'm not going to the market and just touching everything and not wearing a mat. No, I, you know, I, I am doing those things. And I think mostly, especially, it's not even because of me, but it's because, you know, I have my my little nieces and nephews that I still get to be around and I don't know, you know? So to kind of put a bow on what I'm saying that really brings it back to you is, is that, you know, what you are so passionate Sharing um, is is what I believe and what I I align with to be. You guys don't buy into everything. Let's keep an open mind. Let's keep paying attention. Let's not be so driven by fear. And what are we doing in our everyday lifestyle that will support us to you know be robustly healthy? Right. So in the event that this shit, let's just say I got it or whatever, it's like I I have the means to crush it basically totally. yeah yeah mm. so
0: <laughs> i was sipping my coffee here this is my first coffee i've had no 100 percent, roxanne i think that's the situation and you know prior to this i mean like uh the stuff that you and i do maybe do a cold plunge or do breath work or mindfulness you know some conventionalists will say that's just like biohacking weirdo stuff there's no evidence to support that what's interesting is like i do breath work every morning Mm-hmm. So I feel like my my reserve my lung reserve my ability to oxygenate my blood and I've really trained my body to function under like low environments of oxygen by doing some you know breath retention and it was funny this New York doctor was and this YouTube video got viewed like seven million times. He was t- teaching breath work to his COVID-19 patients. Like, hey, here's what you do. You do a little hyperventilation, you kind of hold it, and then you do this paste box breathing. And it was like, if you or I would have said that two months ago, like, hey, here's what you should be doing for this potential coronavirus. Um, But because it was a doctor in the heart of like an ICU in New York, everyone's like, yeah, man, breath work. Why didn't I think of that earlier? It's like, these are things we've been doing. So anyway, it's going to take someone like a Fauci or, you know, someone director of the CDC to say, well, guess what, friends? I mean, if we look at and, you know, if we look at actually the mortality data, Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, compared to Staten Island and Manhattan, again, different socioeconomics, you know, different access to, you know, foods and all that all over yeah. manhattan go to the bronx or queens brooklyn i mean getting access to vegetables and fruit not very likely there's like you know 7-elevens and, and fast yeah food it's gym. hard
1: yeah so yeah so
0: I, you know i think we're gonna start to wake up to the fact that wow majority of the people uh for if, if we really care about deaths you know mm-hmm. if, if we don't use the straw man argument to say well diabetes isn't transmissible And I would actually make the argument that that it is transmissible. If you look at people in families, if you look at families in Alabama or Mississippi compared to families in Manhattan Beach, California, there's a difference in familial obesity, familial diabetes. So it is transmissible, but the latency period is a lot longer, right? You don't catch diabetes, but if you're around all your friends that are type 2 diabetic and overweight, the chances of you starting to resemble their body composition and their metabolic issues is going to be high because in social situations, you're going to eat the food they're eating. You're going to behave like them and so on. So anyway, again, we're practicing social distancing. I'm not out there, you know, looking toilet seats or anything like that, not taking this seriously. (laughs) So I just want to clarify that for people because I think when you post things that go against what mainstream media is saying and question, then all of a sudden you're like this rebel and you're not following the social distancing thing. And it's like, that's, you know, I really want to go to my friend's houses and, and jump in their sauna and go in their hot tub and hang and like talk. But like, we haven't done that, you know, cause I have a lot of healthy friends and we're all like playing the game right through the yeah. end of April. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. But, um, to piggyback off what you were saying, I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit here that we could be grabbing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm seeing all these messages. And again, I got berated for this, but um, uh, Chick-fil-A delivered 350 meals to a local hospital here. And I was like, guys, what's up with that on Instagram? And I just got hammered. What about the,
1: what about the Krispy Kreme? Yeah, that was
0: everywhere. What's
1: up with that? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I literally was like jaw dropped. I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah
0: healthcare workers are busy. Okay. I get it, but there's better options. You know, there's whole foods There's there's all these things. And so, but, I mean, this isn't pseudoscience, these things that we're talking about. And I just shared the other day a clinical study that actually looked at giving people a glucose tolerance test versus a, a placebo control. that was like a stevia sweetened drink. So a glucose tolerance test, is, as many people know, it's a 73-gram uh, just bolus of sugar, basically, and then you look at someone's glucose response in the post-mill window after that. Well, this particular study wanted to see how does that bolus of sugar affect the immune system, particularly looking at lymphocytes and lymphopenia, which by the way, I'll just spoiler alert, uh, many people that are in the ICU compared to healthy control or compared to infected controls, individuals that have COVID-19 that are in the ICU, intubated on a ventilator, they have lymphopenia, which is super physiologically low levels of white blood cells. And basically like this immunosenescence or what some articles are talking about is immune burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly, just having 73 grams of glucose, which may be a couple crispy creams it literally wipes out your white blood cell population, completely changes all these different subtypes of T helper cells, CD4 T helper cells, CD8 T helper cells, natural killer cells. So this is a clinical study, 37 subjects with a control group. Like this is data that most people should should know about. That's why I shared it. And and a lot of people push it around. And it was like, if if you're an, an intensivist in the ICU, you would know that, like, hey, on your shift when you could be exposed to this pathogen, and you really want your neutrophils, your white blood cells, your T lymphocytes to like be primed. You don't want to have a bolus of sugar from Krispy Kremes or some drink. So again, the, you know, I, I think there's this major chasm between between natural medicine mm-hmm. and conventional medicine, and everything that's natural is bogus whack. It doesn't do anything. The only thing that works is, is surgery, ventilators, and vaccines. And that, that what we're seeing here, even actually in China, they were doing some studies where they were injecting people with stem cells. Mm-hmm. They were using um, uh, vitamin C, Chinese herbs to heal people. So it's like these natural therapies actually do things as well. And I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for people to, to realize that they can double down on these natural mm-hmm. things that are really free, breath work, doing a cold plunge. When you go on the Pacific Ocean right now, for example, which I know you do or or whatever, I mean, that really affects your immune system in a favorable manner. This Mm -hmm. is published science. Individuals out in Quebec, Canada have done a ton of research, one lab in particular, about all the immunological changes of doing a cold immersion, going in a sauna. Sauna therapy, there was one study that looked at individuals that went in a sauna, they drew their blood before and after and saw all these increases in neutrophils, which are your first line immune, part of your innate immune system response. So if you were to get exposed to a coronavirus pathogen or some other lethal pathogen, you'd want your neutrophils to be high. So going in the sauna can be very helpful. Even just hot yoga has been shown to favorably so it's like there's so much here that we could be doing. And yet people are buying PPEs, all these personal protective equipment. I mean, people you know, people are driving down the road, texting and driving with gloves on. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's, it's I saw this guy the other day. Seriously, he had a mask on in his car and he had gloves and he's texting and driving. I'm like,
1: No. <laughs> Give me a break. Like, you know what's rad? So, you know, um, so, your backstory is actually it's it's it was really great to take tom billy your um talk with him was i i've watched it a couple of times it's awesome um i'm gonna put it in the show notes actually so it's really it was really cool to learn about you know your adolescent years and like how you kind of are you're super smart and so knowledgeable and obviously it's, you know you've done your the educational part of uh, to bring you where you are uh with your knowledge but i think so where i want to go right now is that anecdotally, you know the difference because you've lived this life, this contrast, right? You know when you're eating certain things, how it makes you feel, when you're moving certain ways, how it makes you feel versus not, uh, when your sleep is more optimal than it's not. So you, you know, you can not only speak to everything that you speak to from a very, you know, science-based education background, but you've had a very um, contrasting experience in your life. Myself, as well, I've had three knee surgeries. I was on the American diet and like pretty much like not uh, athletic for a, a couple of years through that rehabilitation process, and a lot of shit I just went wrong, you know, but it ends up being the path that turned me into a super geek and then you know has brought me into this place where I am now with health and and my lifestyle but why I think this is important to say is because you know when you say that and I am so with you on this, how natural medicine and, you know, these things that we can do by way of environment, hormesis, um, you know, the foods that we eat, all of this stuff can be frowned upon. Like, Oh, it's not legit. You know what I mean? It's not legit. So let's, it's like, well, actually I I can argue that I'm 41. I'll be 42 next month. Right. And I'm in this place where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to die. It's not like I'm trying to live forever. Um, but I want to be kicking ass in as many years of my life that I can while I'm here. So what does that mean? That means that my lifestyle is geared towards optimizing cellular health, keeping cognition fucking robust, and just like keeping this inner being that is, you know, that I'm living with in a very high state so I can continuously experience, you know, peak performances in my life. Right. And um, I know the difference of, you know, when I used to eat fast food, which stopped in 1999 versus, you know, here now, you know, my diet now I know the difference of when I used to be excessively into cardio because, you know, I was I'm a mesomorph and I didn't want to be like, you know, super buff or whatever that fucking is. And then I started lifting weights and I was like, oh, here you are body, <laughs> not just body, but like fucking mind. Right. And so you know, I'm with you that while it's so easy for people to frown upon this, you know, the the foods and the lifestyle and the like, oh, it's not legit. I call bullshit on that, you know, and and there's science and evidence to prove it as well. Right. But anecdotally you in your life, me in my own life can sit here and say like, it's bullshit, man. And you only know when you go there. Right. So like, how many times have you heard, I myself have heard like, I was, you know, eating this way and moving. And I felt, but so then it's like, well, yeah, you felt good because you were doing things that perpetuated this good feeling in you, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, you fell off, which is no judgment. But just to say that people do experience like tastes of this and for whatever reason, they don't stick to it. Um, but I think just to pull us into this, you know, I, Mike, I, I, <laughs> Before COVID nineteen and before the quarantine, I always, 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 always address my training and my lifestyle as a means to stay um, fully prepared. Right? Not because I'm sitting here waiting for like the world to end, the apocalypse, but just like uh, because I feel it's like a, I guess maybe a martial artist way. It's like when battle comes, I'm fucking ready. I'm ready here. I'm ready here. I'm ready here. So. You know, being in this state right now, you know, I'm not in the top 1%. I got my shit together, but more important than that, I've got my shit together. I've got my shit together. You know, I'm flexing and I'm pointing to my brain for people who who don't see this. And that is because there is a lifestyle that is so consistent. Like it doesn't even take discipline. It's just like how I live, you know, that has put me, that's given me an edge in this scenario. And I know that is the same with you and your family you know and i think that that's you know we share this passion of like hey guys you might want to like try a little bit of this over here like do it your way whatever but like telling you you're going to feel really fucking good and you know in this state that we're in right now where we don't know what's going on we don't know what's real and people are dying and there's all kinds of issues like you may be less afraid you will be stronger with your immunity and yeah you know it's just yeah,
0: my like God no it's I, it's huge, you know, I have a book on my bookshelf I just it's uh it's called uh, timeless Healing by Herbert Benson, and he talks about this relaxation response and just having a positive mental attitude, so you know um getting back to and i 'll dovetail that into some of the stories that you were talking about to give people kind of an idea again, to validify because we I feel like you know my whole life i've been trying to validify the things that i 'm saying and try and validate them, so that 's why I love science so much because it would help me. To explain to other people, convince my clients through when I used to do personal training that this stuff works. But having a positive mindset, right? So it's like you know all your you know training, whether it's martial arts, physical fitness, uh, running, you know, CrossFit, you name it, right? I mean, I lift weights too because of the mental grit. So it's like if I were to get sick and I'm in the ICU and I got a tube down my throat, I'm going to fight through this because I've been through pain before through just lifting weights. Like I've you know, and so I think the mental attitude. We, we can become more resilient. I mean, again, we focus so much now on the microbe, COVID-19, SARS, human coronavirus, all this. What about the terrain? I mean, there's two sides of this, right? It takes two to tango, even with a virus. So it's like, you know, we, we focus so much on this microbe and I'm not saying it's not lethal or infectious or transmissible. It doesn't, it jacks up your lungs. I'm not saying that it doesn't do all that sort of stuff, but you know, your body has an immune system. Like your body's immune system is so, our, our immune system is so elaborate. We're exposed to so much, literally crap on our hands. Like if I had a mentor, an MD friend of mine, and he, his name is Robert Roundtree. And he was like, dude, F, F poop was fluorescent. Your entire keyboard, your phone, it would be everywhere. There's shit everywhere, <laughs> literally. Because, and look, I used to travel sometimes 70, 90 flights a year uh, as a sales rep. And so that's mm-hmm. how I started this podcast because I was always in these different areas. So I've been in a lot of public, restrooms and airports and i don't want to spoil anyone's lunch here but most men they they don't wash their hands they take a crap go in the urinal and they leave so poop and stuff bugs are everywhere anyway
1: no wait i have to say something really quickly that's why we don't shake hands in my family because my dad taught us that at a young age (laughs) he's like let me show you how men wash their hands in the bathroom
0: they don't (laughs) sorry exactly gross it's gross Yeah. So then they get, yeah, they, they touch the, the thing, you know, the, um, what am I on the airplane? I haven't traveled forever. So I don't even know what the thing is. Yeah. Uh, the tray, right? Uh, oh, your tray yeah. table <laughs> So anyway, there's, there's germs everywhere. Right. And thankfully yeah. our immune system can mount a response. And so I just think we got to keep that in mind. And so, yeah, I mean, just very quick backstory. I mean, the reason why I'm so passionate about this stuff is because I've changed my brain in my life through everything that we're talking about here. I mean, if you would have saw me when I was 10 years old, you would have thought this kid's never going to be amounting to anything. My older Step's brother introduced me to drugs and alcohol when I was nine years old. I was going down a very bad path, hanging out with a lot of bad people in Northern California, a little small town called Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. And uh was just like, I got arrested twice before the age of 15. Like I was a total wreck. I mean, you know, and so I've complete. no one would ever know that. Like this is like, in fact, when I say this stuff, like, I think people think that I'm lying. Oh, he's making it up. And it, which is they can, whatever. But I, I've shared a few pictures because I don't have a lot of pictures from that era where I have long hair and I look like I just smoked a blunt, you know? And so, <laughs> so it's like, anyway, it's just kind of interesting, but it's like, no, really, that's how plastic, the hum- that's how malleable our bodies are. Yes. So, the 350-pound overweight person that feels like, man, I'm always going to be this 350-pound broke, overweight person with asthma and, I, and no energy. It's like, no, actually, if you give your body the right signals, it might take a little bit of time if you've been that way for 40 years. Mm-hmm. But you can, cha- look, if I can change my, my brain mm-hmm. and and now like, you know, free flow with doctors on stage about, you know, scientific articles that that literally I probably shouldn't even know about, you know. <laughs> That, like, you can change your body too, man. I, I mean, everyone can do this. And so I just like to leave people with hope and transfer. It's not like a braggadocious thing. It's like, look, okay. we, it, and, but it starts with kind of where we started here with the mindset, with belief. And we just have to have the belief that we're able to do this. I mean, Elon Musk is a human, just like just like you and I, like yeah. Bill Gates is a human. Joe Rogan is a human being just like us. Like he has two eyes, he has a nose, he has lips, like he's a human. So we we really can do a lot more than we think we can. And that's where this lifestyle stuff comes in because it helps you believe in yourself. You know, when you go do a sprint on the beach, like mm-hmm. you do more, you know, today than you could do last week, right? Probably. When you do a cold plunge, you know, three months before that, you probably couldn't even tippy toe in. And now you're able to to hang out in there for three minutes. So that's where I think, and again, it's not being arrogant. It's not saying like, oh, I can crush coronavirus, man. It's like, no, no, you're just going to increase the probability of being more successful no matter what happens to you. Because again, bad things happen to good people and we want to be resilient. So
1: I love that. And it's so funny that you, or I don't know funny is the real word that I want to use, but it's just, fuck, man. The fact that you have to keep saying like, it's not that I don't take this serious. It's not that coronavirus, it's not like I have all the answers to uh, you weren't saying it in that word. But yeah. it's essentially saying like, you know, I'm not saying that I have the the solution and I'm immune to it. It's just saying that you know, while this may be true, you know, and this is happening, don't disempower yourself. Don't disempower yourself. I'm all about it's personal empowerment. That's what that's my coaching like focus, right? Because and to me, you know, when I think about like being an empowered woman, it's not just like, I am woman, hear me roar. Actually, you never fucking hear me say that. My empowerment comes from who I identify myself with, right? So I'm this warrior, I'm this champion, I am this woman who walks her talk, right? So I have these certain standards for myself. So what does a, how does a champion move through challenge and a warrior move through challenge? How does this, you know, woman who really loves and respects herself, how does she fuel her body? What does she do when, you know, like how does she move throughout the day? You know, what are the relationships? what are her boundaries, all this stuff. So when you think like, one of the greatest things I've heard you say is, you know, like our minds and our body, we're so malleable, malleable, right? That word's hard for me. Um. So when you think, like, if somebody is just identifying themselves with, you know, I have this issue and this is who I am, obesity, whether it's an actual, like, disease or illness or whatever, you're holding yourself in this prison and then you're kind of creating, you know, internal environment and standards and things that are just going to keep you there, right? Versus thinking about this. Maybe another identity that you want to embody and with that identity come certain standards and then those standards, you know Really initiate actions and activity, right? And now you are, you know, I mean in the case of like me just saying this empowered woman My life is I live a very empowered life because i'm Everything that I do in my life by way of diet by way of my relationships by way of just how I show up is is to continuously fortify this sense of empowerment, right? Does that, you know, I don't know does totally. that make sense, you know, but it's it's really what it is for me. And I think that everything that you, you know, and in, in all of your podcasts and the information that you share, I mean, I just want you to know, and I want to say it for it to live in this conversation, you know, how I receive it so clearly, like mm-hmm. there's no fucking issue is, you are just truly trying to empower the people that are taking you in to live their most, you know, feel great, kick ass life, you know? And yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. But I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, I think, um, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of different personal development books that, that talk about this, but let's say, you want to make $2 million this year or whatever, you know, you want to 10 x your income, right? And mm-hmm. you need to, what a lot of people that I know that make way more money than I do, they're way more successful, have bigger businesses and investments and everything like that. You know, it's like, you need to behave as though you already have the money. So it's exactly kind of what you're talking about. It's like, you're behaving as enacting how that person or how your mentor would act. And so I used to be really, really shy, like super, I still am kind of a reserved person, but mm-hmm. way, way more shy. In fact, the very, one of the first, when I was in college, I had to give this presentation and I, I couldn't even do it. Like I, like it was in this history class, political science or something like that. And, um, I like just froze. Right. It was like, I was, and now uh, like, I'm not saying I'm the best speaker, but we I get a little nervous, speaker. but I can get up in front of a thousand people. No problem. Like I'll be like, okay, I gotta do a little breath work before, but I can do it. And people won't know that I'm nervous. Right. So How did I, how did I do that? Like, am I, was I born, you know, with a microphone in my hand? No, it wasn't what it, I I have this mentor of mine who, his name is Ryan. He's like an, he's amazing with people in front of a crowd, Mm -hmm. excellent leader. So I would just think about like, if I'm in a situation where I'm nervous, where I'm uncomfortable doing a presentation from a small group or trying to pitch something to someone, I would just think about like do 10 minutes of visualization, like, okay. And I would walk through the potential things that would happen during the next meeting or the presentation. Okay. Okay, how am I going to like just close my eyes, sit in the car? How is this going to play out? What are some roadblocks? And how would Ryan do this? Like, yeah. how would he act in this situation? And so I just envision, I just kind of like put on my Ryan jacket and I would like emulate his behavior. And it's it very much exactly what you're talking about. Like, how does a warrior go about this? Yeah. So, you know, just to bring this home, like super practical for people, if they're sitting trying to improve their life. And they're like, damn, today sucked. It just, it sucked like just yesterday. Well, why did it suck? Were you lying in bed for an hour on your iPhone? Like, you know, uh, Bill Gates probably doesn't scroll Instagram for an hour when he wakes up in his bed. Right. Or, mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, right.
0: so you got to think right. about these things. Beyonce probably doesn't do that. Like, so you, again, just like what would someone who I aspire to be like, or mm-hmm. as strong as, or as, you know, powerful, what, behave like them? What are some things that they do? So it's, it's those repetitive habits that we continually do that, that shape us into the people that we become. And if those repetitive habits are watching CNN, mm-hmm. thinking you're a victim, thinking you're going to die, worrying and being fearful, yeah. you know, being fearful. I remember I was, as a consultant, uh, started to make pretty good money with this one company. And uh, I was always worried that they were going to cut my territory and, and fire me, right? So I was, I would literally, like, my sleep was terrible. I would get up at four in the morning, nervous. I would have all these nightmares and bad dreams. And it was like, and I started to manifest. And eventually, once I hit like certain levels, I got fired, right? Yeah. So I basically manifested this, and maybe not directly through the ethers and stuff like that, but right. I started to behave in a very fearful based, reactionary way. So I, would, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just too much for people to handle yeah. because I was worried in the beginning, where if I would have just been grateful, like, man, I'm making this much money. I should be grateful. Life is good. I give some money to charity, do something, take my family on a vacation. But no, I was just like, kept working, working, working out of this fear. And so I think that's the situation that a lot of people are in. They're like, they've been furloughed from their job. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's going on. They're fearful. So they're watching the news and they're just digging themselves into a deeper and deeper fear-based hole that they may not be able to get her out of. And they're really not fun to be around. I mean, if you talk to uh, someone who's been watching the news incessantly, all they can tell, hey, 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 well, you know what you should do? You got to put your toilet seat down because when you flush your toilet, germs come out. It's like, yo, I live with my family. I mean, if germs come out of my toilet seat, they've already gotten it anyway. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, seriously, I, I get text messages from friends and family, like the latest coronavirus disinfectant solution. It's like, <laughs> like that's the best you can come up with right now.
1: I just see a lot of like the victim stuff and I'm like, man, come on stop right now you know right now is a chance for you to discover your strength to fortify your strength to you pay, discover even things that you're grateful for and and fortify that like there's just so much opportunity um to make gains in this situation which again it it's not saying that the negative shit isn't there it's just a matter of like where are you channeling your attention so if we think about um Diet as an example. It's a great one. So how many times have you and I heard, I don't have time. I wish I could have this, right? Okay. Well, now you have time. Granted, it's harder. The grocery store things are maybe less available or whatever, but you actually have more time to learn about you know, certain things in nutrition that could be beneficial to you. You have more time to prepare to cook, like cook, right? It's all I do. But yeah. people who don't have time, they now have time. So there's always, in the face of challenge, there's always opportunities to make gains. And it's it's really it just comes down to: do you want to be a victim of circumstance, or do you want to rise in you know the face of adversity? Which you know, like I, yeah, I don't know. I, I get super passionate about this because. When I see stuff like that, these messages that are like trying to kind of pet like baby people where I'm like, you're not fucking helping them right now. This is an opportunity for them to get stronger in their health, for them to get stronger in their mind, for them to get, you know, stronger in their relationships with self and with, you know, the people that matter the most with them, et cetera, et cetera. Don't fucking promote that shit. Let's promote everyone's, you know, inner... Champion, inner warrior, and your ability, your capabilities. Yes, it takes effort. Yes, it takes discipline and focus, but those are skills that you want to have anyways. And those are skills that are going to transfer in every other aspect of your life. My diet, discipline, fasting. You've put this out before. I love it so much. I do time restricted feeding. So, like, my feeding window is typically, you know, six hours in in the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I love about it so much is yes, autophagy, all the, the, you know, things that, you know, science, like all that stuff, biology. But I also really love that it, there is a discipline. So right now, like, while everyone's like, Oh my God, I'm overeating and I'm stressing and I get it. It leads to that. I don't have that issue at all because my, my food and not like I'm in some prison, like I really want to go to the fridge, but I'm not, it's just that I'm so trained to A, understand what real hunger is and B, to fuel myself in a way where I'm not really hungry all the time. Like I'm just, I'm hungry when I'm hungry. And I know the the real signals that tell me, okay, it's time to put some, you know, nutrients in versus not. And so yeah I think uh that's a long rant, but I think it's because I get so when I see these kind of posts where I feel like you're just disempowering people in an opportunity in a time where people can really empower themselves, it just it triggers me
0: <laughs> No, it does and there's something to be said about being productive too you know and 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 that productivity could be you know maybe you're you're unemployed, you're reading, you're exercising, you're fasting like, the, the, you know, our feeling of sense of well-being and like, did I va- did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? You know, Brendan Burchard talks a lot about this, but yeah. you know, like, did you even matter today? If you're more productive, you're more likely to feel like, hey, I, yeah, I, I matter today. Like mm-hmm. I have purpose. I have meaning for being here, not just a lump on a lock eating Krispy Kremes on my couch, watching CNN. That's mm-hmm. the fastest way to feel disempowered and feel like you to feel lost and yeah. to feel like there's really no purpose to your life, um, so yeah, I, I, you know my football coach and said this in, in football, and it, it's really timely and apropos in the context of football. But in the game of football, for example, he, he would always say like, if you're you're either moving forwards or you're moving backwards, right? So if you're mm-hmm. if you're on a football field, you're standing there, you're going to get plowed by someone or hit or pushed over, right? In life, you can never just kind of like take time off like yeah i mean i think look there's something to be said about going on vacation there's something to be said about mindfulness right but generally if you just say look i'm just going to take the month off work and watch cnn and eat crispy creams you're really going backwards in life you're, you're not like there's you're not you know so you're either moving forwards or backwards and i think a lot of people should be thinking about that and you can still be relaxed and be mindful mm-hmm. you, you can do meditation you could do yoga you could read you could call your mother you could Learn how to knit, go in a
1: walk, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's bringing down the life load and the stress load, Mm -hmm. but you're not going backwards, right? You're still moving forward. So I think it's beautiful. You know, people can use this extra time that we have. Mm -hmm. They're not in traffic, they don't have deadlines. Um, presumably, um, you know, like for me, like my daughter and I were just gardening earlier before this call, you know, we've been raising chickens. I've always wanted to hatch chickens. I haven't been successful with that because hatching <laughs> is, I have to turn the eggs every couple hours. So it's like, I'm like, I'm home. I'm not traveling. I can raise chickens just to see, you know, it's rad. To raise them, but hatching them. Like I've never done that. And I'm like, I always screw it up. And it's weird Roxanne because when you screw it up, the eggs start to smell because they, like there's little babies in there that die, and so you got to get the humidity and temperature right. Yeah, I've always been like traveling for a podcast or traveling for this, and so it's like now like every day I'm turning them, and
1: that's I'm so cool. <laughs> no, I love it, and it was so cute. You had your daughter on a, an IG live the other day, and we were talking about French fries, and she was so cute. I love you know I I you know when I look peek into your life through social media and you know what you share, it's a beautiful life. You know, your relationship, your wife, by the way, is badass. Like I need to get her on the podcast. I'm like, "Uh, dude, you're fucking sick. Your physique, like just, she's so strong, you know, and I love strong women and you know, your relationship together um, you know, how you parent um, you know, your diet and how you show like you use all the animal and I just, there's so many components to the life that I see you living that in my mind, really equates to the word wealth. Like mm-hmm. it's a wealthy, it's a wealthy life. And I'm not saying it's perfect. And obviously I don't know all the ins and outs, but it's wholesome, it's rich, it's purposeful. Um, It's beautiful. And again, I think that that even just, you know, it's like in everything that you share and the messages that you really, you know, passionately put forward, Um, I think they're all driven from this intention of like, hey, you know, people, you guys all have the ability really to live a wealthy life, you know? Um, But you have to be willing obviously to do the work to start investing in your health and these habits. I mean, listen, right now is a beautiful period. It's a beautiful time for people to start actually developing habits Habits take time, right? Well, you got fucking time right now, right? (laughs) So it's like you want to start getting more walks in through your day. Now you have the chance to do it. You want to start, you know, learning how to cook, you know, better food. You now have the chance. Build a habit. I keep saying that more than anything. So (laughs) but I think that those people that, you know, are all like, I'm busy, I'm busy, so I can't. It's like this. Time period where you just kind of have to sit with yourself more, your loved ones, and you're like, ooh, this is hard. But I'm saying, like, rather than you now that you have this time to not be so busy the way that you were, you're investing in habits and, you know, even just like getting sleep, which is something I want to talk about with you. Um, you know, you can see things that are going to have a longstanding positive ripple effect outside of the COVID-19 quarantine, because we're not going to be here forever. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, who are you going to be after this? Because this is not going to stay the same. So are you, you think you're just going to go back to being that person? I never want to go back to anything. I always want to be moving forward, right? Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you create all these bad habits right now, like what all of a sudden you're going to like get, you know, maybe you're sleeping in, maybe you're having a bunch of wine at night. I mean, I don't know, eating cupcakes. I mean, you know, all of a sudden when this is over, you're just going to like stop that cold turkey and then be back to your normal self. So yeah, I mean, now is a good time to, to, like you said, you you have home cooked meals and, and all that. So I think it's an excellent opportunity for people, people to hone in on that. And, you know, sleep has a lot to do with this whole thing, and especially the immune system and circadian Mm -hmm. biology and, um, Gosh, uh, sleep is so important. And, you know, um, when I used to travel a lot, you know, as a sales rep, my sleep, because I would go to Chicago, I would go to Toronto, I go to New York all the time. And I live in Seattle. And so that was really tough on the circadian rhythm. So I, I knew I could see firsthand, like every time I come back from a trip and people would say, my wife would say, oh, you're vain. That's not really true. But I could see more and more gray hair. And I'm like, Deanna, look, I'm like, she's like, no, no, no you're being vain. I'm like, look, I'm just pointing it out. She's like, oh, you should be grateful you don't have that much. I'm like, I know, but I'm just saying, isn't it kind of crazy? Like when you screw up your circadian rhythm, like it it's pro-aging. And so yeah. I think a lot of people um, like, you know, I'm not a fan of Botox and stuff like that. I know people do it, but you can't get Botox right now. She's like, well, what, what could you be doing? You could be doing juve therapy. You could be getting sleep. You could be doing time shifted feeding and and all these things that uh, affect your skin in a favorable manner. So I have a
1: smart ass (laughs) smile on my face because inside I'm just so, I'm, I'm so with you. I'm like, you know, we live in a time where you see social media, you have all the, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy, crazy. And I'm not here to judge anybody's decisions of what they need to do. I mean, I'm a celebrity maker, like I, I face is part of my livelihood, right? Um, But I really, really love this idea of like, how long can you push this aging process out? Listen, I've got some smile lines or whatever, but I, I actually don't really have wrinkles, which is... I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm this most beautiful face of, you know, non-aging. What I am saying is that my lifestyle for sure, like, let let me put it to you another way. It's kind of funny. If I am to disturb my circadian rhythm, which is so fucking on point, like sunsets, rocks to start setting too, you know? And I love that, right? Because I wake up, I don't wake up by an alarm. And when I wake up, I'm like, up and ready to go, right? So I always say, you know, if I am to disturb my circadian rhythm by way of like having to go to an event or go out and disturb my sleep, um, it better be worth the wrinkle it may be putting on my face.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, I ain't even going there.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally right. I mean, sorry, actually, yeah. So true, hundred percent. Yeah, that's up. Yeah, I would never guess you're forty one. So whatever you're doing, it's really working. Congrats on that.
1: Thank you. Well, I think it's a lot of the similar things by way of lifestyle. One thing, because I know you have to get back to your life, um, and I would love to do another round with you because honestly, like I said when we first jumped on, there's so much to you, Mike, that is like, you know, from nutrition and, you know, movement, metabolism, sleep, you have so much knowledge, and I would love to just be able to basically tap into your mind more for this sure. show and- you know, at another time, but I, I, you know, I think with my this conversation um, with COVID nineteen and you know the quarantine, I really just wanted to freestyle around things that are heavily on your mind, things that you know you're feeling really passionate about. Because I know that everything that we just discussed, it's it's not just beneficial for people to absorb right now during the COVID nineteen quarantine and all this, but it really does go the distance even afterwards. You know. Um, One thing I think, you know, that is important around diet that I just want to kind of capture really quick in this conversation. When we think about low inflammation diet, so obviously people eat meat, people don't eat meat. There's all kinds of different diets, right? In my mind, I kind of think maybe the most important thing diet-wise right now is for people to just keep inflammation out, right? Would you agree with that? And maybe can you talk about that just a little bit?
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, Again, going back to the kind of characteristics of individuals that are infected with this disease, their levels of inflammation are, are much higher. So their baseline, I'm like, you know, I've been drinking water here, I was having coffee, so people watching the video, like imagine your inflammatory tolerance as a cup, right? If your cup is three quarters full and then you're exposed to a pathogen, right, that, that, that necessitates the release of more inflammatory signals, your body can only tolerate so much and what, what is causing mortality in these individuals, is an over-responsive immune system. So, so it's, the immune system is, is creating this so-called cytokine storm, which is just literally too much. So the immune system is like, okay, well, we've raised inflammation so much. We're just going to throw the kitchen sink and see what happens. But there's enough friendly fire. The analogy that I've been using is like, if you had a mosquito and you were camping mm-hmm. or a mosquito on your granite countertop and you took a sledgehammer to kill the mosquito, you'd kill the mosquito, but your countertop would be totally jacked. And so that's kind of what your immune system is doing. But and so if we think about if we can bring our burden down we have so much more resilience and so much more tolerance and there's this whole notion of immune tolerance and so this is whether we're talking about autoimmunity food sensitivities allergies asthma you know these all these conditions are characterized by lack of tolerance we've all had like a strict teacher a strict parent someone where we knew if we just pushed it a little bit as a kid like they're gonna blow up right and so Mm -hmm. The people that have chronic inflammation and are suffering you know really severely from this disease and autoimmune allergies asthma you name it um, you know their immune tolerance, their buffer capacity isn't there, so you hit the nail on the head like and one of the ways that we can just reduce that immune system burden and improve our tolerance is just by compressing our feeding window mm. you know so I know it's hard for some people to like do sweeping diet changes whether they're for religious purposes or like, hey, kids are in the home, we got to have pasta. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I care what people eat, but i much more rather them compress their feeding window if nothing else. So you have a six hour window, Roxy. I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. If people are not physically active, if people are not trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. a lot of people can do pretty well with one meal a day. Now, yeah. if you're a 20 something female athlete, please don't do one meal a day. Please don't fast for 20 hours every single day. Like, you know, fasting Needs to be kind of contextualized into our age as well. Um, the older that we get, you know, into our late 40s and 50s, the more important fasting becomes because we're no longer in this growth period. You know, there's consequences to growth as we get older, meaning mm-hmm. cancers, right, and other yeah. neoplastic conditions. So fasting is really kind of a, it needs to be contextualized. I, I, I get sometimes direct messages from 18 year old hockey players in Canada, one just the other day. Hey man, I'm doing just one meal a day. What do you think? I'm like, dude, you're 18. Like, I looked at his Instagram. He's like a semi-pro hockey player. I'm like, why would you be doing one meal a day? Like, it doesn't unless you're overweight and you're not going to make the team because you're getting slow. Okay, that makes sense. But if you're trying to, you know, gain weight so that you can compete with pros, look, man, you should at least be having two meals a day and open up the window. So, anyway, fasting needs in meal time. It needs to be contextualized. But what? To get back to where you were going with the inflammatory, you know, conversation, mm-hmm. you know, um, if you're having a hard time changing what you eat because mm-hmm. your husband, your wife, your kids, your whatever, okay, just compress your feeding window, and that, you know, there's, uh, you know, for example, my stepfather, he's uh, used to be a firefighter, now is a contractor, he's retired, but he's like super busy. He's on his feet all day, building stuff, doing all this stuff. Uh, he doesn't eat the best diet, you know. He'll have bread and, and soda sometimes, and chips. Mm-hmm but he's still super shredded because he eats basically one meal a day and mm-hmm. and he's moving all the time. Right. And so it's like, you have a lot more buffer capacity in terms of the diet choices you make. And I'm not saying go have a whole box of Krispy Kremes, but you know, if, if you do want to have a little bit more flexibility in your diet and not be so regimented and you, you like rice or you like sweet potatoes, whatever. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, just make your window smaller, increase your exercise. So there's all these knobs we can tinker and test with. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think they need to be super strict on fasting, super strict on the diet, super strict on all this. It's like, you know, you can dial one really down and then you can have more kind of practice the 80-20 principle in some of the other diets.
1: I love that. Thank you. That was great. No, that was a huge gem to put in this conversation. I think, especially for right now, because it can be so overwhelming. It's like, okay, I, I'm going to eat healthy. How do I do it? And you, and you know, if you live with people, family members, that's not always easy. So, um, uh, right. thank you. Thank you for saying that. So a couple of things before I release you, yeah. if you had a magic wand and you could magically give the masses a lifestyle habit, and that could be anything, um, you know, that would positively benefit them? What would that be?
0: Oh man, this is great. You know, I'm pretty biased when it comes to circadian rhythms and food around that. So I would say, look, eat when the sun's out and don't eat when it's not just very simple, you know, cause a lot of people, um, you know, they're ordering pizza at two in the morning, right? They're hitting up uh, a yeah, super burger or whatever the, you know, Sonic, yeah. I, I don't know these burger joints. I joins. don't either. Yep. After they go to bars, you know, and they wonder like, damn, I gained all this weight. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? You're eating outside of your body's circadian rhythm. And, and I'll just give people like a little context. And I learned this from having animals, whether it's, you know, I had pigs uh, for a while. We are in our freezer now, which is another mm-hmm. story, but chickens, turkeys, we've had birds. Like once the start, sun starts to set, they are like hiding and hibernating. They don't, like you can put food right in their face. They're like, get that shit out of here, man. Like I, I am hunkering down and- mm-hmm. You know anyone that's been out camping in the woods and you hear wolves or you hear coyotes? Like when it's dark out, you want to like be cuddled up near a fire and go to bed, right? You're not thinking about you know watching Netflix and ordering pizza because you're like, what the hell out is out there that's going to hurt me, right? So I think mm-hmm. we're so insulated in our protective homes and condos, and we, we're so distanced from nature and the idea that there could be natural predators out there, whether it's other humans, other tribes, or other animals. That we're doing things that are outside of our biological rhythm, that is having unintended consequences in terms of obesity and heart disease. So, I think um, again, not changing what people are eating, just changing when they're eating and when they're sleeping, I think would really go a long way. Because I do see certain people in different countries that probably don't eat the best. You go to you know other parts of the world, mm-hmm. but you know what? They're going to bed early. They're not you know they're eating early. Uh, And they seem to be pretty resilient. And
1: moving more too. I think moving more is a lot, you know, it it plays a big role in it as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for that. Is there anything that you want to live in this conversation or maybe people don't ask you about that you want to talk about that you just haven't been able to express yet?
0: Mm. You know what? I I just love for people to have a beginner's mind. You know, I, I feel like on social media, you know, it's so great that we can all have a voice now. But the downside is, is we get get really, we need to be more mindful of our confirmation biases. And so oftentimes when we're writing something on social media, we're trying to prove what we know, or we're just trying to seek out more information to confirm what we think to be true. And so there's these just, people just need to be aware that like, it's, it's okay to disagree with someone. And, and when some, and and to think about why when someone says something, it pisses you off. Like, why does it piss me off that this person is talking about this? What is it, you know, is it like, why does it go against my biases? And could, could I be missing some piece of information that that person knows that I don't know? And so therefore there could be some truth to what they're saying. So I really, and again, I'm, I'm, as biased as anyone. Right. But I've tried to become more aware of my biases and, and try to learn from other people. You know, I, I disagree often with like the calorie counters on Instagram, you know, the fitness, classical fitness people, cause it, they say fasting is garbage. And I see it clinically with people I work with and doctors I know, and it works amazing. So I'm like, yeah. I try to understand like, okay, why do they say it's garbage and read some of their literature and see what they're, and try to make sense of all this. So I think it's important to, um, Not get too siloed in a box of just supporting what you think or know to be true and to learn from different people. So, um, there's a great book by the Heath Brothers, Decisive, that talks all about that how to make good decisions, better decisions in your life, and how to think through that. And I've learned a lot about how to be more open minded about things from that. So,
1: oh, I love that. Thank you for that book reference, too. Uh, You know, one of the things for me that I often say is like, when I'm done, you know, I want to be realized as a woman who made really fucking great decisions in her life. You know, it's really important. So um, a a quick quick little fun thing to just put in that, you know, because of that, you know, years and years ago, like when I really started getting dialed into my diet and all that, I remember thinking, and I, I didn't have any science to this, but it later comes out that there's an actual, like this is proven in science where I started to think, okay, well, if you want to make really great decisions in your life, where do you really make your decisions from, right? This is literally my thought process. And I'm like, well, emotionally, like usually decisions are based around emotions, right? So like even if people are disagreeing with you, it's like they're quickly triggered and then they're firing back. I'm unfollowing you or whatever, right? It's like emotional. So I started thinking, well, what really affects our emotions? Like what is like kind of like the MVP to our emotions, right? And I, I for some reason, it just, my mind, I was him, and then I started thinking nervous system and that starts going, well, your food, your, your diet, right? And that's where it was like, okay, so hold on, reverse engineer. You want to make better decisions in life. So you want to be more clear. You want to be more effective. You want to be, so what are you fueling yourself to promote that process? Right. And oftentimes I frame my food as like, this is good mood food. So literally, I just wanted to throw that in because it was so perfect with where you just left us. Um, you know, making smart dis- or making wise decisions and being more open-minded and and not being so quick to just react and and rather be more critical of a th- like open-minded student perspective, right? Um, and there's ways to fuel that as well. And I, I'm putting it back to to food because in my life I know that that has certainly been the case. You know that when I started shifting diet and so my diet is very pure and very wholesome, um, the pathways have, have opened up and allowed me to also to, you know, be more intuitive, to be more calm, to be more, you know, all the things basically. So hundred percent. Yeah.
0: I mean, I used to go to Chicago a lot and you look on the South side of Chicago where a lot of homicides happen and there's no whole foods, right? It's fast food, it's McDonald's and the, the connection between, you know, um, consuming those highly processed, you know, high glycemic foods and how they trigger um, various, you know, fight or flight responses in the brain and all that, you know, yeah. is much higher. So there's there's ample evidence um, in David Perlmutter's book. He, he'd be a good one to hop on this podcast. He has a new book called Brainwash. He talks all about that, how processed fast food, highly glycemic, you know, uh, all that, how it affects the Um, excitatory, you know, neurotransmitters in the brain and affects the amygdala and the hippocampus and all these brain regions that are involved in the fight or flight response. And and it just creates more and more and all that. And I remember, you know, when I was like at my worst of getting in fights, stealing stuff, all that, like I was just, I was living off Taco Bell and Jack in the box, you know, and um, I was so triggered and all that. So it's like, now I'm very calm. And, you know, occasionally if someone flips me off and slams on the brakes, I'll like get, yeah, I might yell, right? yeah. That's like the worst that will uh, the most, you know, irritated that I, I will get but prior like when I was, you know, eating all that food like I was triggered by damn near anything like what are you looking at, you know? I was one of those type of guys, right? So, um and it's just it's just new diet, new inputs. So I'm making better decisions. So like you said, it's like it's just the pathways are cleaner. So you you're you're yeah, you're not as reactive and and so I don't know. I think it, there's a lot to it and now thankfully again you know, we have the validation through fMRI studies and where people are eating junk food and they looked at their brain fear-based centers and they're lighting up. So it's great.
1: Yeah, Mike, that's awesome. You're the man. Thank you you. so, so much. I so appreciate your time. You have no idea. Um, everything will be in the show notes, but if you want to let our listeners know how to stay, uh, you know, to date with you, you've got an incredible podcast. I love your social media. Let it out.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, just it's high intensity health on in iTunes and then in on YouTube, and then I'm most active on Instagram uh, as well, Metabolic underscore Mike or Mike Mutzel, and then on Facebook too. So, uh, yeah, if y'all like the show, please share it as an Instagram story. Be sure to tag the both of us. I'd be honored and uh, appreciate you having me on and hang in there. When are you going to be able to like go to the beach without getting arrested, Roxy?
1: I know, right? I was looking at it yesterday, and when I was running, I was like, uh, <laughs> I miss you. I don't know, you know. I mean, I hope that at the end of April. They open that up because you know I love my beach runs or even my beach walks just that negative charge from the earth and the you know I mean I literally live across the street from the beach, so it's it's not that far from me, which I think is very helpful right now, but yeah, hopefully, I really do hope soon because while we have to flatten the curve and all that stuff, um you know there's a difference of stopping and moving cautiously but still moving forward,, yeah. and you know that can trickle down to the individual's life like be paralyzed from fear. Stop. Don't do anything. No. Or proceed and proceed with caution, but you're still proceeding. You still need to move forward. Maybe that's the perfect way to end this.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, totally. Where are you in uh, like Manhattan Beach or Venice or where are you at?
1: I'm in the South Bay.
0: I don't know that area very well. Normally, when I go to LA, I'll be in the Santa Monica Venice type area, so I know that. Yeah. Well, I don't know kind of the the South and...
1: The South Bay is beautiful. Um, obviously, I'm biased because I live here, but you know, it doesn't have this sort of Hollywoodish feeling that I think Santa Monica. No disrespect. I got mad friends that live in Santa Monica, and it's beautiful, beautiful. But for me, I I really do. You know, Hawaii has been home for me too, and I feel like in the South Bay, I have more of that kind of laid Hawaiian kind of vibe. But meanwhile, I'm close to the airport, ocean. You know, it's all it's all close by, so it's like this perfect um, gem of a of a of a place to live in. In my specific, you know, city, it's a real community, and I really love that because I lived in New York for so many years and just being able to walk in your neighborhood and you know, you you know, that restaurant per se, that really does add to this overall well being in life that you yeah. get to feel, you know? So it's, it's lovely when this is over and we get to travel again, which who knows when that is. Um, I'll look forward to doing a podcast in real life with you here yeah, in my studio it. in Manhattan beach.
0: <laughs> cool. Sounds All right, good. you guys,
1: I'm going to wrap us out, but Mike again, thank you. And you guys definitely, subscribe to his podcast, do all the things, social media, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. You guys, if you loved it, please share it on your social, throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired,